You're listening to episode 31 of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. In today's episode, I want to have a conversation with you about money, how to spend and save wisely, my thoughts about credit cards, and setting yourself and your business up for success. So if you're ready to handle your finances like a boss, let's get started. Hey mama, welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and I'm here for all you mompreneurs out there feeling torn between raising a thriving family and building a business you love. I'm a photographer, community founder, podcaster, wife, and mama saved by grace, so I can totally relate to you multi-passionate mamas. Join me every week where I share with you the strategies and mindset shifts that you need to find peace and passion in motherhood and business so that you can have more time for the things that matter, like Netflix and cookie dough. But seriously, are you ready to transform your life from feeling frazzled to focused and be equipped with the tools you need to juggle all the things? If so, you're in the right place. Hey mama, welcome back to the show. I am always so excited to hang out with you. So thank you for taking time out of your extremely crazy busy schedule to listen to what I have to say. I think you're going to be really excited about the tips that I have for you because honestly, I think money and finances are one of those things that can be really overwhelming and daunting and something that we can let fall by the wayside when we are busy juggling all of the other things. I think this episode is going to pair really nicely with a couple of the other episodes that I have recently put out, one of which was managing your business like a CEO and having that CEO mindset versus the employee mindset, and also what it looks like to plan for your quarter and execute the goals that you have. And then also goes really nicely with the marketing interview with Jessica McNichol that I just released last week, which was episode 30. So I really want to share with you some of the tips that I have learned along the way that have been really helpful for me. I feel like these tips are going to be extremely helpful, whether you're just starting your business or you're a few years in and are ready to manage your finances like a boss and you're ready to kind of stop treating your business just like a hobby. Or maybe this will be a great reminder of things you already know, but maybe you need to kind of prioritize or change your focus, or maybe you have heard the advice before, but you've never taken it. So I hope that you will find value in these tips and put some of them into practice. So let's go ahead and get started with tip number one. Don't treat your business like a slush fund. Oh my gosh, you guys, this one hits home because I spent so much of my entrepreneurial life treating my business just like fun money. It was something that we didn't rely on my income for like our personal bills and things like that. And so it kind of was fun money, right? But I kind of used it as a slush fund. And I used it as 
a lot of um, personal expenses, which is a huge no-no if you know, (laughs) which some of you might not. And so that is why I want to share this with you because I honestly didn't know that when you have a business account and you have a business, you cannot use your business account for personal expenses. You have to physically move money out of your business account into your personal account as a quote unquote paycheck, right? I did not know this. So I want to enlighten some of you who might not know this. Um, And here are a couple of tips that I would recommend to you if you are still using your business debit card for personal things. Leave your business debit card at home to avoid this personal spending. You should know if you are going to make a business expense in advance. It's not usually something that's just like unexpected or random, like when you're out and about. Of course, you know, if something comes up and you're at home, you can grab your debit card and use it as needed. But I found that tip to be so helpful when I was transitioning out of spending with personal, spending on personal, I mean. I also want you to think about this scenario. If your business is not huge yet and you do not have any employees, like think about having an employee, okay? I want you to put that picture in your mind, think your business is bigger, you do have employees, and you give them a business card to use. And you're kind of reviewing their expenses over the month and you see that they, you know, went to home goods and bought some decor for their home and you see that they went and got coffee that was not business related and you see some personal charges, you know, like for groceries and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I need to have a sit down conversation with this person. What are they doing with their business card? Why are they spending their business debit card on personal expenses? So you sit down with them and you're like, hey, I need you to walk me through why you thought this was okay. Now I want you to envision what you would do. Would you allow them to keep doing that? No. You would totally put a stop to that and you would remind them, your business debit card is for these expenses only, right? And I say debit card because we're going to get to that. However, I know that a lot of you that have bigger businesses need a business credit card and and that's cool for your business, but I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk to the people right now who are not there yet, okay? And so I'm saying business debit card because I want them to get into the habit of spending only money they have, okay? All right, so now I want you to think about you as that employee that you just had that sit down conversation with. That is exactly how you should treat it. And when I put myself in that employee shoe, shoes and I was like, oh my gosh, that's totally me. I am spending my business's money. I am stealing money from my business. It changed everything for me. And so what I started to do was completely stop all personal expenses, and I started giving myself a paycheck, which leads me to tip number two, which is to pay yourself on a percentage scale. So I know that most of you listening are business owners, and so all of us work on commission, right? We get paid when we get work that comes in, or we get paid when we have sales come in. So I want you to think about paying yourself on a percentage scale. Now, this can be something that you do weekly. It could be something you do bi-weekly or monthly, but pick a certain time that you are going to pay yourself. So for me, 
My husband also works on commission, but he gets paid actually what's called flat rate. He's a mechanic. And so he gets paid by the book. So for instance, if he does a brake job and the brake job pays two hours and it takes him 30 minutes, well, he still gets paid two hours. But on the flip side, if that brake job takes him four hours, he still only gets paid two hours. So he gets paid on commission, which means that every single paycheck is different, right? So for both of us, it's a little bit difficult. Although his is more consistent because he works at a dealership. So all of his work comes in pretty regularly and pretty effortlessly. He doesn't have to do the marketing. He doesn't have to do any of that stuff. So it's consistent in some ways, but also hard to budget for in other ways. So I'm going to get to that in the next tip. But let me regroup and come back to that percentage scale. So since my husband gets paid through his employer bi-weekly, that is when I decided to pay myself bi-weekly. So what I do is the first thing I do is tally up all of my income for those two weeks. And then I start to divide my revenue by percentages. So For me, I start with 10%, which goes to our tithe for our church, and then 50% goes for my paycheck, 20% stays in my checking for operating expenses, 10% gets set aside for sales tax that I have to pay to the state of Arizona, and then 10% goes into savings. And now some of you might be wondering, like, where is your percentage for self-employment taxes? And for us, since my husband does get a W-2 from his employer, we withhold more so that it covers what I would owe. So I don't save currently for self-employment tax, but as I start to make more revenue, I will have to do that. So I want to put a disclaimer in there that your percentages might need to include self-employment tax just based on your financial standing and your um, family income, if that makes sense. And that is something that I would check with an accountant on because I am not super skilled in that area and I don't want to give you the wrong information. Um, However, I have heard, you know, it's between like 15 and 30%. But again, don't quote me on that. That's just something that I have heard. Okay, so let's hop right into the next tip here. And I know that I said that the next tip was going to be related to budget, but I actually want to change it up a little bit because I want to talk about business first, and then I'm going to talk about personal towards the end. So let's go to tip number three, which I'm deciding, (laughs) sometimes I change my mind, is that it's going to be pay for subscription services monthly until you've used a program for more than a year. And what I mean by this is there are so many different programs and apps that you can utilize as a business owner to help make your life and workflow, all the things just more efficient. However, I know that there is a draw sometimes to purchase the month or the year membership or the year package because they discount the monthly a little bit. And I would agree that it it does save you money, right? When you do the math, that makes sense. However, I want you to pay monthly until you've used a program for more than a year or at least 
minimum six months so that you know for sure Yes, I use this program. I love this program. It's helpful. It's efficient. It is exactly what I needed to help me find more peace in my business, right? Because that is the idea. You want to make sure that you're actually going to use and love something and not find something better and be locked into that year membership. Okay, tip number four is controversial. Okay, I totally get it. You guys are not going to like it. But I'm going to share it with you because I feel like it's so valuable. And that is to cancel your business credit card and never use it again. And what I mean by this is I am talking to businesses that are smaller. I am talking to businesses that do not have multiple employees because I understand the importance of a business credit card when you have employees because it's hard, you know, you don't want them I don't know, maybe. I'm trying to think ahead of like, when I have employees, am I going to give them a business credit card? No. So maybe I should just be bold out there and say that. (laughs) Like, you should give your, this is what I would do. I would give my employer a flexible spending card that had preloaded money on it. And I would say, this is your budget. You get $50 a month on business-related coffee or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I would give them a budget because the problem with credit cards is that it's so easy to swipe a card. It doesn't hurt because you're not seeing the money come out of your account yet. And so it's so easy to rack up a credit card bill and be like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? And that is stealing money not stealing, but it is taking away money from your business account every single month when you have to pay that back. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are like, hey, you know, I totally get it, but it's just easier for me from a cash flow perspective to just put everything onto a credit card and then I just pay it right off at the end of the month. And that might work for you. So I'm not saying that this is, you know, a make or break kind of tip obviously take and leave whatever you don't want. However, I do feel like a lot of people get in trouble with a credit card. It's just super simple to be like, hey, I'll just charge it to the card and pay it all back. But then what happens is other things come up, unexpected things come up and you're like, oh, it's okay. Like I'll pay that off next month. And then it just keeps racking up. So I say if you're a newer business, don't worry about getting a business credit card. If you have one already, stop using it and just get rid of it. I have not had a business credit card ever, and I've been in business for over 10 years. And what it's done is it's made me slow down my purchases. If I don't have the money, I don't buy it. And that's really how it should be because... I know personally that that I would get into trouble if I could just buy whatever I wanted and pay it back later. And then again, what that does is that eats into your revenue because you are constantly a slave to paying back all of the purchases on your credit card instead of paying yourself the paycheck that you deserve. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next tip. Okay, tip number five is to keep your overhead business expenses at a minimum. And this one seems super obvious, but I know that it can become an issue. And I see a lot of business owners out there jumping on the next best thing and racking up just tons of subscriptions and memberships and just having so many different things, but not really ever fully utilizing each one. And so what I would recommend is really 
take a look at your expenses and look at where you can cut. Because even though it's only a $20 membership, it might not be what you need it to be. It might even like, I know it seems so minimal, but like just a $20 membership, you're like, what does it matter? But they add up so quickly. And it also takes up brain space because I don't know about you, but I've had memberships in the past and different programs that I've been paying for. And then I just never use them. But I see the charge and I know the value. And I'm like, oh, I need to get to that. Oh, I need to get to that. And then six months later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just spent $180 (laughs) on a program I'm not using because I was going to, I was going to get to it. So I want you to just think about it in that respect, that if you have programs that you're not using, like don't pay for them and try to find other ones that streamline everything. So one of my absolute favorite subscriptions is HoneyBook. And I recommend that to anyone and everyone that has a service-based business. It's incredible. It has so much capacity to do so many things that I don't even utilize all the things, but I use it specifically for lead generation and tracking and invoicing and contracts. That is like mostly what I use it for. It's beautiful. It's seamless. It's super easy and helpful for my clients. So absolutely love that. And I have a code for you guys. If you want to try it out, I will leave it in the show notes. It's incredible. However, like that is something that I would recommend over, you know, four different programs that do the same thing. So I just wanted to put that out there for you guys. I think that is a really helpful tip to revisit your expenses and cancel what you're not using. All right, tip number six is keep organized records. So not only is this fantastic when it comes to the end of the year and you're getting your taxes done, everything is nice and organized. It's just really helpful for you to stay on track of how much income you have, what expenses are going out, your monthly mileage, you can categorize your expenses. And this just helps you really focus on what is important in your business, right? So you can look at your revenue versus your profit, and you can see where you need to adjust. If your revenue is $10,000 a month, but you're only profiting $4,000 a month, that's, that's an issue. That's something that I would say you need to revisit, right? So keeping track of those those um, numbers and knowing when you need to adjust is crucial. Okay, so you might be wondering, how does keeping an organized record, like, keep more money in your pocket? Like, that sounds really great, but, like, I just don't understand that. Well, let me give you an example of not keeping record and how that got me into trouble. So a year or so ago, I had a really successful month. I can't remember the exact number that I made, but it was one of my highest revenue months ever. And I obviously have to pay sales tax as a photographer, and sales tax is 8.05% in Mesa, Arizona. And so I remember sitting down and paying my taxes, and it was a good chunk of money, right? Because I just had a really good month. And so I'm like, okay, I got this. So I paid the, the IRS what I was supposed to and just forgot about it, right? Right. Well, four weeks went by 
and I went to go pay my sales tax for the next month and realized that my previous month's payment had been returned, and now I owed that in addition to a late fee and this month's tax dues. So you guys can imagine, like, how frustrated and angry I was at myself that I didn't pay attention because now I had spent that money in my account because I was like, woohoo, I have all this money. And I didn't realize that it never came out. And so that changed everything for me, you guys. It was extremely a difficult month. I was so sad and deflated and I don't want that to happen to you guys. So, and you guys might be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she missed that. Like, how is she not organized? But there are other people who can totally relate to what I just said. And so that's for you guys, okay? It's not for those of you who are super organized. It's for the people who need to get their business finances in order. And so that's who I'm talking to. And I do just want to mention that has never happened again. And basically what happened was when I did my e-check, I switched the routing number with the checking number. And so when they went to go draw the money out, obviously it didn't work. And so they had returned the the payment to me and they were like, hey, there's incorrect, you know, information, but I missed that email too. So don't make the same mistakes as me, guys. Okay, so now we are circling back to that budget tip, which is tip number seven. Create a budget and revisit it often. Now, this one is going to be a little business and a little personal. So that's why I wanted to put it right here because I'm going to transition and talk a little more personal in the next three tips. So as a business owner, we all work on commission. We've talked about that. You guys heard that my husband also works on commission. And so it's difficult, right, to manage all the things. And it's hard as business owners to know how much money we can count on every month. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about your lowest average income. Now, if you've been in business for a while, you can go back into each of your previous months. You can look at last year's records and find out what you made during this month. And you can kind of forecast and average your income. If you're a newer business, obviously, this is going to take a little bit of time for you to kind of get into the groove of what your average income could be. But what I do is we have a certain amount of money every single month that we want from my business, okay? And I kind of have a low estimate number. And then of course, if I have like a really good month, I could give myself a bonus. But we know that every month there's a certain amount that we want from my business. So we budget with a low estimate knowing that I normally, typically always have that. And then what I do is I create a spreadsheet of all of my recurring expenses. And so these are monthly expenses. These are like, you know, those subscriptions that I'm a part of. And then I also have to put in there the yearly ones that I'm a part of. So for things like um, my domain and my website hosting, and I'm a part of a um, membership for styled stock photos. So hot stock. It's an incredible subscription service where they have amazing styled photography stock photos. So I actually have an affiliate link that I will put in the show notes if you guys are interested in checking them out. 
But I pay for that upfront for a year membership because I've been using it for so long and I absolutely love it. So I make sure that all of that information is in a spreadsheet so I forecast every time that I get paid, I can make sure that all of my expenses are being covered, which is that 20% that's left in my checking account for operating expenses. And it just is really helpful for me to be able to reference and know, okay, these are the things that are coming out. These are the dates they're coming out. And then I also can forecast like, okay, so this is due, you know, in three months, I have to pay for my year long domain hosting. Okay, so now kind of transitioning a little bit into our personal budget and how we handle that. So I already mentioned before that my husband gets paid bi-weekly at his job. And so we actually have adopted Miko Love, who is with The Budget Mom. She has an incredible workbook called The Budget by Paycheck Workbook. And so I use her method for our personal finances. And basically what you do is you write your projected income, like your budgeted income, and then you write down all of your bills when they come out, how much you are anticipating for them to be. And then we always keep a cushion inside of our checking account to cover like the overlap, you know, like so sometimes things come out and we didn't remember or you know, we have to buy something quickly on Amazon and we didn't put the cash in our account yet for it. So we have uh, a cushion in there. So this has really helped us to stay on track with our spending. And we use our checking account only for those auto pay bills. And I'm going to walk you through a couple of um, the strategies that we use to keep our spending in check in the next actually in the last two tips. So let me chat with you really quickly about tip number eight. Get into the routine of moving money to separate accounts. So when money comes into your account, whether it's business or personal, you need to have a plan for where that money is going to go and how it's going to be spent. Dave Ramsey, I'm sure you've heard of him, is a financial guru, and he has some really great principles. Uh, My husband and I took his Financial Peace University class when we were newly married, and it really changed everything for us. It saved our marriage, I always want to say, because we fought about money so much the first year of marriage. It was horrible. And we really started to get a handle after taking his class, and we've actually taken it twice, because you always need to revisit these principles. Um, But it just gave us this foundation of what we wanted for our money and that it was so important that we told our money where to go. So that's a principle that Dave Ramsey talks about all the time is a budget tells your money where to go. And you should always have a zero-based budget. So you should never have just like a few hundred dollars like hanging out in your bank account and not having a name for it because what will happen is it will get spent and then you'll be wondering where it went. So you always need to know where your money is going. So I know that I'm going to get this question a lot, so I'm just going to answer it right now. But between my husband and I, we have seven different bank accounts. And I'll tell you what they are. So I have three different businesses. I have the purpose gathering. I have my photography business and a photo booth business. So my photo booth business is actually a DBA, which is doing business as under my 
photography business. So I only have one bank account for that. And then I also have a second bank account for the purpose gathering. And those are two separate business checking accounts. Now I have one business savings account. My husband and I have one joint checking account. We also have a joint savings account, an emergency savings, and then a vacation pay savings account. Since he gets his vacation paid up front for the year, it's a huge chunk of money and we don't want that just sitting around or it will get spent. So I want you guys to get in the habit of moving that money around. So when money comes in, you need to have a place for it. If it's going to bills, if it's going to your checking, or I'm sorry, your savings account, Maybe you need to build up your emergency savings, which I think is so important to have. I have um, my business savings right now is technically kind of an emergency savings. I don't have two separate savings for my business, um, but that would be something that would be really helpful if you don't, because I know sometimes things come up and unexpected things happen in your business and you need money available, which is why a lot of businesses have a credit card. But I am suggesting that you replace that with an emergency fund and Yeah, I think it is so important to have that mentality of saving money and not always spending everything you have. Okay, so tip number nine and 10 are personal. So some ways that we keep more money in our pocket is by using cash for our variable spending. Now, I know this is not going to settle well with everyone, but we have been trying to use cash with groceries and stay on a budget with groceries because it is so easy to overspend at the grocery store if you don't plan for it. And also if you do not stick to your budget, because often you'll be going through the the grocery store and you're hungry and you see this and you see that and you put it in your cart. And by the time you check out, you're like, how did I spend so much money? Well, it's because you were not keeping track of how much you were spending, and you also were just spending on impulse, not necessarily on budget. So we do cash for groceries, cash for Costco. We have a house cleaner that comes every three weeks, and so we pull out cash for her. Also eating out, spending money. So we haven't been very good about this, but we used to pull out money that each of us could spend on whatever we wanted, and so that was our spending money. And then we also put cash in there for house projects, things like beauty. We should have a Target envelope. We don't, but my gosh, who can relate if you spend a ton of money at Target? And that is really helpful for us because once the cash envelope is empty, then we cannot spend any of that money. Now we also have something, this is tip number 10, which are called sinking funds. And a sinking fund is simply setting aside a little bit of money each month towards a bigger goal. This is something that you're saving up for. So those things that always creep up on you that happen the same time every year, or the things that you know you need to be saving for, but you're like, oh yeah, I'll just get to that. These are things like kids' birthdays, even spouse birthdays or your birthday, family birthdays, all of those, they feel like they creep up and you just never know, right? So birthdays, Christmas, Christmas is a big one. It's always a huge chunk of money and people are always like, oh my gosh, I wish I had been saving all throughout the year for this. Well, that's what a sinking fund is. Also vacations and like a business example would be if you need a new computer or for me, a new camera or a new lens, I would be putting away a little bit of money into an envelope, cash envelope to save up for this. That way, I am not seeing the money in my account. I'm not seeing it kind of tempting me. 
And I know that every single month, I'm going to put a certain dollar amount in there, right? A little bit at a time, and I'm going to pay cash for whatever it is that I need. So that's what I have for you guys today. 10 ways to keep more money in your pocket. I hope that you have found some of these tips to be helpful. I hope that you put them into action and actually do the work. I know so often we listen to the podcast, we get so many ideas, and then we just go on with our merry life and we never change. So I hope that you guys will take action and I can't wait to hear what you think about these tips and how they help impact and change your business finances. I would love for you to take a screenshot of this episode, share it out on Instagram and tag me at The Purpose Gathering to share this podcast with more mamas and spread the word that business and motherhood does not have to be lonely and does not have to be hard. As always, mama, I am here rooting for you and you are not alone on this journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Purpose Gathering Podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You were created to thrive with purpose and not just survive. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage. To become a part of our amazing online community and connect with like-minded mompreneurs, head to thepurposegathering.com mamas. That's M-A-M-A-S to join our private Facebook group. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Be sure to follow and tag me at The Purpose Gathering. If you haven't had a chance to leave a review, please head to iTunes, even if you're an Android user, and let other mompreneurs know why you love the show. Each review is so valuable to me and helps more mamas like you find the show. I choose one review every episode to share, and yours could be the next one. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this, girl, and I can't wait until next time.